1: Thank <laughs> you. You're <laughs>
2: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to The Real Matters, a fourth quarter 2020 conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star one on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star zero. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Lynn Beauregard. Vice President of Investor Relations and Marketing. Thank you. Please go ahead.
0: Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to Real Matters Financial Results conference call for the fourth quarter and fiscal year ended September 30th, 2020. With me today are Real Matters Executive Chairman Jason Smith, Chief Executive Officer Brian Lang, and Chief Financial Officer Bill Herman. This morning, before market open, we issued a news release announcing our results for the 3 and 12 months ended September 30th, 2020, as well as our new fiscal 2025 performance targets and executive leadership changes. The release, the accompanying slide presentation, as well as the financial statements and MD&A are posted to the Investor Relations section of our website at realmatters.com. For today's question period, we ask that you limit your questions to the results we are hosting a virtual investor day on Monday where we will be discussing our five-year strategy and new fiscal 2025 performance targets in greater detail and you will have the opportunity to ask questions about our new targets at that time. During the call, we may make certain forward-looking statements which reflect the current expectations of management with respect to our business and the industry in which we operate. However, there are a number of risks uncertainties, and other factors that could cause our results to differ materially from our expectations. Please see the slide entitled Cautionary Note Regarding Forward-Looking Information in the accompanying slide presentation for more details. You could also find additional information about the risks in the risk factors section of the company's annual information form for the year ended September 30, 2019, and under the heading COVID-19 impact on risk factors in our MD&A for the year ended September 30th, 2020, each of which is available on CDAR and in the investor relations section of our website. As a reminder, we refer to non-GAAP measures in our slide presentation, including net revenue, net revenue margin, adjusted EBITDA, and adjusted EBITDA margin. Non-GAAP measures are described in our MD&A for the year ended September 30th, 2020, where you will also find reconciliation to the nearest IFRS measures. With that, I'll turn the call over to Brian.
3: Thank you, Lynn. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the call today. I will kick things off by discussing highlights from the fourth quarter before handing it over to Bill for a deeper dive into our segment financials. And Jason will wrap up the call with some brief remarks. We will then open up the line for questions. We capped off the year with another strong quarter. We generated consolidated adjusted EBITDA of $22.2 million, an increase of 57.5% from the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019. As we outlined in the news release, our U.S. title segment continued to outperform our other segments and for the second consecutive quarter delivered higher net revenue and higher adjusted EBITDA than our U.S. appraisal segment. Our fourth quarter results once again highlighted the operating leverage we have in the business. Consolidated revenues increased 15.9% to $124.4 million and we generated consolidated net revenue of $47 million, up 36.6% from $34.4 million in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019. Our strong top-line growth was principally driven by the performance of our U.S. title segment as well as moderate growth in U.S. appraisal and Canada. We continue to outpace the U.S. mortgage market in terms of growth in the fourth quarter, recording market-adjusted volume growth of 109% in U.S. title and 4.2% in U.S. appraisal due to year-over-year increases in market share and new client additions. We estimate that fourth quarter U.S. mortgage origination market volume was flat on a year-over-year basis as a 6% increase in purchase volumes was offset by a 9% decline in refinance volumes. The market decline in refinance volumes was due in part to a reduction of addressable market volumes as a result of the increased use of waivers for refinance transactions and Veterans Affairs volume relative to the comparable 2019 period. We estimate the average loan sizes for purchase and refinance transactions increased 35% year over year. Our estimate of loan sizes is based on internal data which reflects the composition of our customer base and will vary from external data points because of this as larger regulated lenders have the balance sheets to fund larger non-conforming mortgages. Home equity and default volumes comprise 25% of our total U.S. appraisal volume in the fourth quarter. And so the impact of changes in these volumes on our total market adjusted growth calculation were not insignificant. We estimate that home equity and default market volumes were down 57% year over year. The impact of these volume declines are also reflected in the increase of our average u.s appraisal transaction revenue for the period as we continue to grow with new clients in the larger origination channel we expect to see a continued decline in the proportion of our volumes that are derived from home equity and default when we combine these market changes to drive our view of the total market We estimate that U.S. mortgage market volumes were down approximately 7% in the fourth quarter of 2020 relative to the same quarter last year, principally because of the significant year-over-year decline in home equity and default volumes. Our fourth quarter results were bolstered by year-over-year market share increases with our clients across both U.S. segments, including share gains with our Tier 1 lenders in U.S. appraisal. Sustained strength in the U.S. refinance mortgage origination market also provided a healthy backdrop for the growth of our U.S. title business in the fourth quarter. We set a new record for transaction volumes in U.S. title in the fourth quarter, surpassing last quarter's records, and we went live with two new lenders. Fourth quarter U.S. title segment revenues rose 45.9% year-over-year, As you know, we calculate market-adjusted volume growth based on our estimate of the total market. However, our U.S. title segment almost exclusively services refinance activity. U.S. title market-adjusted volume growth for refinance-only volume was 114.1% in the fourth quarter. In U.S. appraisal, revenues increased 2.7% and market-adjusted volume growth for origination-only volume Was 7.4% in the fourth quarter. We continue to rank at the top of lender scorecards in the fourth quarter, and we launched two new clients. In our Canadian segment, fourth quarter revenues were up 16.8% on a year-over-year basis. Higher appraisal volumes due to market share gains and stronger mortgage market volumes were offset by lower insurance inspection revenues due to COVID-19. The team delivered excellent results in the fourth quarter with the vast majority of our employees still working from home. We onboarded 88 new employees in the fourth quarter and a total of 185 in fiscal 2020, principally to support the growth of our US title business. As we look ahead and focus on the long game, we will continue to onboard new employees in our US title business, creating additional capacity to support existing volumes and new client launches which we now expect will ramp at a more aggressive pace than originally anticipated. We progressively increased our title capacity over the course of the fourth quarter. We intend to maintain the level of capacity that was in place at the end of the quarter throughout the first half of 2021, with a further ramp up ahead of expected requirements coming from pipeline conversions in the second half of fiscal 2021. We expect to cross the chasm into the largest lender segment with franchise-type clients that are operations-focused and aligned with our performance-based model. We are continuing to reallocate existing title resources to support the expansion of our centralized refinance title business. As we said before, today's market conditions are providing a catalyst for growth in our U.S. title segment and momentum is building. The heightened level of refinance activity has triggered the RFI and RFP process with many lenders as they look to add new vendors, and as a result, our sales pipeline is accelerating. In fact, we are actively engaged in the sales process with the majority of Tier 1s on title today. As the strong refi market is affecting each Tier 1 lender differently, we are at the contract phase with one, and others are moving up the timeline aggressively. We are confident that these engagements will result in new title client launches in fiscal 2021. We continue to believe that lender underwriting capacity remains the largest hurdle to industry growth. Although US Department of Labor statistics are demonstrating signs of progress, we believe that lenders remain challenged in hiring the level of loan origination staff required to support higher mortgage origination volumes on a sustained basis. Once industry underwriting capacity expands, we believe there is a large multi-year market opportunity for real matters that will provide a tailwind to our market share growth story. We continue to believe that we are in the early innings of a two to three-year market surge, even if U.S. 10-year Treasury rates increase to 1.2% and remain at those levels for the next few years. Taking a look at our full-year results, Fiscal 2020 consolidated revenues increased over 41% year-over-year to $455.9 million. Consolidated net revenue was up nearly 59%, and consolidated adjusted EBITDA more than doubled to $72.2 million, while consolidated adjusted EBITDA margins increased to 44.6% from 28.4% in fiscal 2019. Our strong financial performance in fiscal 2020 was underpinned by origination-only market-adjusted growth of 17.5% in U.S. appraisal and refinance-only market-adjusted growth of 59.2% in U.S. title. Looking back at the objectives we set when we went public in 2017, we achieved three of those four targets in fiscal 2020. One full year ahead of our committed timeline. We exited fiscal 2020 with 11.7% market share in U.S. appraisal and 2.4% market share in U.S. title, landing squarely in our fiscal 2021 target range for title. If you recall, we had committed to achieving consolidated net revenue margins of 35 to 40% and adjusted EBITDA margins of 25 to 30% by Fiscal 2021. We reported consolidated net revenue margins of 35.6% for the full year in Fiscal 2020, hitting the low end of the range and consolidated adjusted EBITDA margins of 44.6%, well above our guidance range for Fiscal 2021. As outlined in our news release, we have new five-year targets for our key performance indicators targets which support our views of the longer-term potential of our business, the significant runway for growth ahead, and the inevitable decline of the refinance boom years out. This company is built for the long run. While we won't go into detail on the new targets on today's call, we will be discussing them in greater detail during our investor day on Monday. With that, I'll turn it over to Bill. Bill?
4: Thank you, Brian. Turning to Slides 4 and 5 for a closer look at our financial results. Consolidated revenues were up 15.9% in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2020 compared to the same quarter last year due to significant revenue growth in our U.S. title segment and to a lesser extent, our U.S. appraisal and Canadian segments. Revenues in our U.S. appraisal segment were up 2.7% year over year while revenues in our U.S. title segment increased 45.9%, and Canadian segment revenues were up 16.8% comparatively. In our U.S. appraisal segment, we serviced higher origination volumes due to market share gains and new client additions, offset by lower volumes serviced for home equity and default transactions compared to the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019. Our average revenue per unit increased in the fourth quarter as we continue to service a greater proportion of higher priced origination volumes compared to lower priced home equity and default volumes. Transaction costs in our U.S. appraisal segment increased 2.2% year over year, a reflection of the increase in volumes serviced. Net revenue of uh, 16.6 million was up 4.6% year over year in this segment, and net revenue margins were up 40 basis points to 23.5% servicing a higher proportion of higher priced origination volumes. Operating expenses in our U.S. appraisal segment increased 3.3% to 6.8 million, up from 6.6 million in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019, a result of higher payroll and related costs to service the anticipated increase in market volumes. The increase in payroll and related costs partially offset the increase in net revenue resulting in a 5.6% improvement in adjusted EBITDA year-over-year. In addition, adjusted EBITDA margins in our U.S. appraisal segment increased to 59.2% in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2020, up from the 58.6% we posted in the same quarter last year. Compared to the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019, we converted each incremental dollar of net revenue to adjusted EBITDA at a rate of 70% in our U.S. appraisal segment. 4th quarter revenues in our U.S. title segment increased 45.9% year-over-year, while transaction costs increased 15%, leading to an expansion in net revenue margins of 920 basis points. The increase in net revenue margins was due to product and client mix, the refinance mortgage origination volumes, as well as the flow of these volumes serviced in the quarter. U.S. title revenues attributable to centralized title, being revenues generated from our mortgage origination clients, doubled to 38.4 million, up 19.2 million from the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019. And our average revenue increased $25 per transaction due to geographic mix. Diversified, diversified revenues declined to 3.9 million, from 8.2 million in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019 due to lower commercial, search and capital markets activity. Over the course of fiscal 2020, we made the strategic decision to streamline some of our diversified title operations. We exited the commercial business and unwound our title only and search operations and reallocated these resources to our centralized title operations. Commercial title only and search revenues represented approximately 60 percent of the year-over-year decline in diversified revenues as brian indicated earlier our focus remains on growing our centralized refinance title business operating expenses in this segment increased to 13.5 million which is up from 9.3 million in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019 and adjusted ebitda increased to 15.4 million up from the 7.7 million we posted in the same quarter last year. Consistent with our performance over the last several quarters, the scalability of our U.S. title operations was once again on display and delivered a significant improvement to adjusted EBITDA year-over-year. Compared to the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019, we converted each incremental dollar of net revenue to adjusted EBITDA at a rate of 66% in this segment. In Canada, revenues incre- increased 16.8% to 9.7 million, and net revenue margins contracted by 260 basis points due to lower insurance inspection services performed as a result of COVID-19. Canadian segment operating expenses were 0.4 million in the fourth quarter this year, down 29% from the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019 and adjusted EBITDA margins increased to 71.8% from 60.3% in the same quarter last year as we leveraged our appraisal operations in a higher overall volume environment and incurred lower travel and entertainment expenses due to COVID-19. Putting this all together, fourth quarter consolidated net revenue increased 36.6% to $47 million up from the $34.4 million we reported in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019, due in large part to higher revenues generated by our U.S. title segment. Consolidated net revenue margins increased to 37.8 percent in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2020, up from 32 percent in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019 due to a greater proportion of consolidated net revenue coming from our higher-margin U.S. title operations. As a result of our strong operating performance, consolidated adjusted EBITDA rose to 22.2 million in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2020, up from 14.1 million in the same quarter last year. And consolidated adjusted EBITDA margins increased to 47.2% in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2020 versus the 41% mark we posted in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2019. Turning to the balance sheet, we ended the quarter with cash and cash equivalents of $129.2 million, an increase of $19.7 million from the third quarter of fiscal 2020 and an increase of $57.5 million from September 30, 2019. While we continued to purchase shares under our normal course issuer bid, our purchase activity was modest this quarter. We bought approximately 50,000 shares at a cost of 917,000 in the quarter. We continue to be measured and disciplined in our purchase of shares under our NCIB, focusing on the opportunity to create shareholder value over the long term. Subsequent to quarter end, we purchased 518,000 shares at a cost of approximately Canadian, 11.9 million.
5: With that, I'll turn it over to Jason. Jason? Thanks, Bill. Fiscal 2020 was an excellent year for real matters across all measures. We increased market share in both our U.S. appraisal and U.S. title segments, set a number of records across both businesses, and delivered exceptional financial results, which allowed us to achieve three of our four long-term targets one year ahead of our committed timeline. And we did all of this amid a pandemic. This past year has tested our resilience as a team as an industry, and no doubt as individuals. I'm very proud and thankful for the dedication and commitment of our employees and the field professionals on our network, as well as for the continued trust of our clients. I'd also like to recognize our long-term shareholders for their ongoing support. As we enter fiscal 2021, Real Matters is better positioned than ever to drive growth over the long term. As the company is well on its way to winning in title, with the majority of Tier 1s now actively engaged in a process with us and with a strong backdrop of market volumes, even if the 10-year Treasury yield goes to 1.2%, I'm confident in our core appraisal and title businesses' ability to achieve their objectives. As we will also discuss during our investor day, the targets we have laid out for appraisal and title reflect strong expected growth over the next five years. This is the time to be proactive and bold with our leadership for the third leg of our stool, data, and Brian is the best leader for that. Brian has been managing the executive team for the last 18 months, and we worked closely together on culture, operations, strategy, technology, and the complexities of the U.S. mortgage market. I look forward to continue to draw on my 25 years of experience in mortgage technology to support Brian and the team and working with him to accomplish our fiscal 2025 vision. Brian is a proven leader whose experience and track record of working with leading financial institutions will provide a steady hand in continuing to expand our market share in the US mortgage industry. His strong leadership skills and background in technology position him well to lead the team into new markets as the company looks to diversify its revenue streams through our data monetization strategy. It's been my privilege to serve as the company's CEO for more than 16 years, and I continue to be committed to Real Matters' long-term success in my new role as executive chairman. With that, operator, I'd like to open it up for questions now.
2: At this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then number one, on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A rosters. Our first question comes from the line of Robert Young with Canaccord Genuity. Your line is now open.
6: Hey good morning. Um, uh, Congratulations Brian on the the role change Um, and uh, my first question would be around the uh, lenders that you're talking about they're expanding their uh, RFP process in the title list. First of all was that specific to title or was that a broader statement and then the second piece uh, you'd said that uh, that would be likely if the market slowed. And um, you've said in the press release and in the monologue that you expect that the high mortgage market uh, volumes are likely to continue. And so, what has changed there?
3: Uh, so, let me address. Rob, let me address the first piece. The first piece uh, was around: is it a is it across the business? Our view on on uh, sales pipeline acceleration, and it definitely is across the entire business. So. Um, the the lender community is now definitely spending uh, significant time looking at their vendor base across both appraisal and title as this refinance volume continues to, to, to drive uh, the need for a broader vendor base. I think we focused in a little bit on title there, Rob, really, because we were talking about Tier 1s, and so... That particular sales pipeline, which is a very important one for us in the title business, that one has also um, accelerated specifically. And so we mentioned that we've got uh, we've got one at contract days, and the majority of the Tier 1s are, are now in, in discussions with us on title. So that, I think, uh, covers off title. And for the second half of the question, do you want to just repeat um, what you think yeah. is the difference between what we said and yeah. what we put in the release?
6: No, I'm just saying that in the past, you'd said that uh, most of the customers, most of your clients are grappling with a very high level of volume, and they weren't really interested in changing the uh, their vendor base. And so I'm trying to reconcile the fact that you expect high mortgage market volumes to continue for the next couple of years. And at the same time, this is now accelerating. And so is that different, or um, what's happened?
3: Uh, no, so I, I... – Our view is when the market is is busy and there is lots of volume, I think, Rob, maybe some of that conversation was more around productivity and capacity building. So, uh, we have this this incoming refinance volume. The lenders are trying to get themselves organized to address it. Uh, We talked, I think, last time around some of the challenges around capacity and internal productivity. We've definitely seen a little bit of a move on the capacity side, but we believe there's still a a bunch of work the lenders need to do. So they need to do that work in order to get themselves organized. But at the same time, they are definitely looking out to their vendor base and looking to augment that vendor base. So I think it was probably getting themselves organized, which we think they, of course, now are at least more organized around addressing the refi volume. That then opens up the ability to do RFPs and RFIs, which we are now seeing hit the street. Okay.
6: And then, as we look forward over the next uh, few quarters, how should we think about your EBITDA margins? Um, if you're going to, if you're expecting to build scale and title, and expecting to bring on new customers, should we expect it to decline? You're at a high level uh, now, and the 2025 targets you don't want to discuss on this call. They seem to imply a high level of EBITDA margin, and so um, should we expect it to remain at this level in the near term, or
3: will there be pressure? Well, I I will kick that over to to Bill on the specifics, but the the idea definitely on our title business right now is that we we are investing, we have been investing. We mentioned on the call uh, hiring up Rob, so we have definitely been building capacity in order to make sure that we are prepared for uh, the new lenders that we believe will be coming on in 2021. Uh, so that build that we did into uh, Q4, the back end of last year, we of course will sustain that through Q1, Q2. Um, as And we think that, that new revenue should start getting realized through that and into the uh, back half of the year. Bill, do you want to talk at all specifics on EBITDA?
4: No, I, I think that's uh, I think that's fair, Brian. I think your, your point is well taken, and, and as a consequence, Rob, I think you, you might see a, a bit of a, a softening in, in the first half of the year as a result. Uh, but certainly, you know, we're going to be back in saddle, if you will, by the end of the year. Um, you know, at levels uh, you know, probably consistent with what you saw coming out of our, our current year. So um, I think there'll be uh, there'll be lots of room for us to uh, to take advantage of that. Uh, Ebit expansion not only for the back half of this year, but as we think forward, uh, you know, through to 2025 and a 50 to 55% range. So, got uh, lots of room for growth.
1: Okay,
6: last question for me, maybe a little higher level. Um, maybe you could imply from the um, the lenders are expanding uh, sales processes. Your pipeline growing. Maybe the you can imply that tier one customers are taking on more interest in growing their own mortgage origination share. Um, maybe if you have any comments on what you're seeing in your Tier 1 customer base, are they getting more aggressive as it, as it relates to origination? Then I'll pass on.
3: Yeah, so I think I'd start with Rob. I think that we're seeing that across the market. So we've seen some some of the lenders that might be a tad bit more nimble, some of the smaller ones have built uh, some capacity and definitely have been taking advantage of that and so growing their books uh, quite aggressively. And so uh, I think we are now seeing the Tier 1s, we're seeing a little bit more capacity come in there, so their sites, I think, are definitely uh, turning. We're seeing it in the 30-year rates, so we're definitely seeing much more uh, competitive rates. That spread now has definitely started to to come down. Even as the 10-year was clicking up a little bit, now settling down again, um, those rates definitely came down. So that usually for us is how they throttle their uh, capacity, and, and when we see it start coming down, we assume that they're starting to uh, to take uh, or, or being able to bring on more, more volume. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Rob.
2: Our next question comes from the line of Richardson with National Bank Financial. Your line is open.
5: Yes, uh, thank you. Thanks uh, for providing those 2025 targets here. Um, I'm just sort of looking at the uh, sort of the numbers and I was wondering if it's possible for you to provide sort of comparable actuals for fiscal 2020, just for us to kind of get a, a, a level set here when we look forward.
3: Uh, actuals across the board, Richard?
5: Uh, well just for, um, so Do you, you know, know how going forward you're going to split the targets between purchase and refly market share? Um, if you can maybe give us a sense of what
3: you have as, uh, you know, the actuals here for 2020. Sure. Bill, why don't I uh, push that over to you? Okay. I,
4: I apologize, Richard. We're going to have to be a little clearer on the question. So um, is, is your ask that our, our new uh, market share for both purchase and refi and, and appraisal uh, as of uh, 2020, do you, are you looking for those numbers, or are you unclear as to what yeah, they are? Yeah, is?
5: right. So, so 2020, you have U.S. appraisal market share at 11.7%, mm-hmm. and then uh, 2025, now you're saying.
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's Investor Relations section on their website. See you next time.